What's up, everybody, and welcome back to How to Be a Boss. I am Robert Carden Jr. I'm Chrissy Brentson. And I'm Seth Sheely. So listen, before we get into today's episode, we just want to let you guys know about something new that we're doing over here at How to Be a Boss. It's podcast at aat.team. Feel free to email us. We want to hear from you guys, whether it be your business questions, life advice you may need, or you just want to let us know what you think about the show. We want to hear from you guys, and we are going to respond to you on future episodes. So again, it's podcast at aat.team. We want to hear from you guys. And today we're going to be talking about how to make money marketing. Now, there is a quote that we have, and I'm interested in Chrissy's thoughts about it. It's from Milan Kundera, and it says business has only two functions, marketing and innovation. What's your thought on that? Okay. Um, I do. Today we are talking about marketing, and marketing is extremely important. But I disagree with Milan because... You can market all day long and you can get in front of people, but until you know how to get them closed and flow in money to you, that is useless. So I feel like business does not only have two functions of marketing and innovation. You can have a great product and you can put it in front of a bunch of people, but until you can get them to actually agree to use it and pay for it, you will go out of business. So I'm so sorry, Milan, <laughs> but you are incorrect. Well, what would you say is like the first thing that any business owner or entrepreneur needs to know when it comes to marketing their business or marketing like themselves? The purpose of marketing is to get a deal closed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the two kind of go hand in hand. Um, so you have to be everywhere. So you have to be recognized by potential customers. Um, I think the first step in marketing would be to recognize who your customers are, figure out what it's going to take to get them to say yes and exchange your product or service for their money, and then kind of work backwards. Where are those people at? What are they doing? Um, how can you get in front of them? creatively in multiple places so that they recognize you because um, when people recognize you they trust you and will do business with you that's true i actually saw a review i don't remember what the business was for but someone left a review and said that the main reason that they chose that business is because they had been along for been around for a long time not necessarily for the quality of the service which i hope was good but it's a business that they trusted because it had been around for a while yeah but um and although it changes from business to business, I understand that a business strategy is important. So with that being said, what do you believe has been like the most effective marketing strategy for Well, what is the marketing strategy here at AAT and what has been like the most effective? Okay, most effective. I measure most effective by how much money does it generate for our company. So the most effective thing that we have done is the phone. Um, when we first started off a long, long time ago, before the um, you know social media culture that we have today, um, making those calls to customers to have that you know personal interaction, um, that was literally how we got going. That and email. Um, I feel like the phone means something a little different at this point. Um, so whereas when I say the phone, I don't just mean phone calls. Like you can do everything from your cell phone. Mm -hmm. And knowing how to utilize that cell phone effectively 
is the best way to market yourself. Um, being able to send out emails, text messages, get on social media, make the phone call. Um, all of those are ways to use the phone to your advantage, but figuring out how to actually operate your phone effectively <laughs> um, to get in front of the customers is definitely number one for us. And Seth, I'll pose that same question to you because you're still in like the starting phases of your business and your your career and entrepreneurship. So what would you say has been like the most effective marketing <laughs> strategy for you? Um, like you said, I'm just starting. So I guess for me, you know, I guess you could call this marketing. I've I've run ads on Facebook and Instagram before and like at first, I would do, like, all around the South, like Georgia, Florida, um, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama. And it would, like, hit those people, and that's potential clientele or people that actually booked. And I would say that's been that's where I get a lot of my bookings is when I run ads or, like, you know, go on a Facebook group and, like, share the wedding video to, you know, let's say a group called North Carolina Wedding, something, something, something. Um, I've gotten bookings from doing that, too. So I, I just put throwing my name out there, you know, that's been my most effective way. But I'm just starting, too, so. Um, Are you currently running a Facebook ad? Not right now. Why? <laughs> it's a good question. Uh -huh. Um, I ran one the other day. I did like a budget of like one hundred thirty dollars for just one day. Um, usually I would do like one fifty for like over five days. That's like twenty five dollars a day, so it doesn't hit as many people in one day. Whereas I do like one thirty for one day. There's more people in that one day than like the twenty five dollars per day, right? That's a good question, though. I don't. I I need to be more consistent about it. So this is what I feel like. Um, a lot of of business owners, especially starting off, I think a lot of people get twisted. They look at marketing as an expense and not an investment. So if you know, like you said to begin with, when I run Facebook ads, I get bookings. So mm -hmm. if you know that the result of spending money on the Facebook ad is going to be a booking. Mm. why would you stop running the Facebook ad? So I'm still in that little gray area where since I've raised my prices, mm -hmm. the clientele is like, you know, picking itself for me. Um, False I don't want to say too much. But False belief. Okay. I, I, Let's fix I, you. I feel like I'm not saying too much. So I ran an ad the other Let's day. Let's fix them. Someone messaged me, asked for my prices, sent them my prices. No, a couple of days go by. They haven't. I don't even think they read or they read it, but didn't respond. So I was like, I'm gonna do some follow up. That I've been learning about follow up since I've been working here. Yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna do some follow up. I sent I sent them a message like, "Good afternoon." Um, I know life can get a little busy. I just wanted to follow up and see if you were still interested. They were like, "No, it's too expensive." I was like, oh, okay. I understand. Thank you. Have a nice day. So I see it as an investment, but I'm still in that gray area since I've raised my prices that the 
clientele is picking and choosing. Your target audience you know. is off. You're just advertising to everybody. <laughs> you don't need to advertise so to everybody. I I changed it from marketing all around the South to just Georgia itself, right? Mm-hmm. Get my name out in Georgia and then progress from there. Do you need everybody in Georgia to know who you are? Or do you need everybody in Georgia who needs photography, who can afford your prices to know who you are? So then I'm going I'm to read you my... Who's your target audience? I'm going to read it up to you. Okay. Um, so oh, where is it at? Here it is. Okay, audience. Georgia women ages 22 to 40 that like wedding cake, weddings, brides, wedding reception, wedding planning, say yes to the dress, bridesmaid, wedding videography, wedding photography, engagement, wedding invitations, wedding dress, weddings, a bunch of wedding stuff. Okay. So I have it down to like. What else do those people like? Because that's what you got to think about when you're marketing, especially on social media. You don't like if you're marketing to that particular audience, you're going to get everybody that ranges from high end $50,000 wedding to $500 budget overall getting married at the courthouse. You know what I mean? So then like you're going to have a lot of people that inquire about your service wanting those prices that can't even afford it. So what else, where else are those people at? Like you're looking for people who like luxury hotels, who like to travel, who like to do other things. So you have to, you have to think about what your overall customer is doing in life, period, mm-hmm. and then target them. I never thought about that. Yeah. And then I, I didn't talk about, I didn't really touch on it when I was answering your question, but word of mouth has also been another, mm-hmm. I'd say it's been a big marketing place for me because, like, I've had people book off of just, like, whose videos I've done before. I did a wedding video for... This girl I went to high school with a couple years ago, um, did her wedding video. I feel like I already did that sentence so weird. Anyways, I did her wedding video a couple years ago, and then people booked me based off of that. Like, oh, I like I like her video. Mm-hmm. I want to book you. Um, I was talking to another videographer about this. Um, you know, the clients that you work with the people around them are usually like-minded. So those same people, like the same type of people will book you. Yes. So if I have someone back when I was charging $500 for a wedding video, people that are willing to pay 500, those are going to be the people that are booking me. Now the minimum price is 1500. Those same people are going to book me. Like, if they're around, you know, like-minded people stay around the same flock of people. Mm-hmm. So, Yes. I think also you should have a wide variety of, of packages available. So if you feel like at this point your struggle is, because you keep repeating it, your, your price is being raised. It kind of mm-hmm. minimizes who you can work with. I think that you should have a lesser package with you having to put less effort into it. And then also a higher package. So you want to be able to to kind of appease everybody that you're marketing to mm-hmm. so that if they do only want to spend $750, they are getting half the service that they would at $1,500. Mm-hmm. So like for me personally, when I make a decision as to whether to give somebody money or not, I need whatever that cost is to make sense 
for what I'm getting in return. So if I'm able to look at, okay, if I only want to spend $750, this is the, you know, result versus me spending that $1,500 to get twice as much or three times as much, mm-hmm. I'm going to make sense of that $1,500 purchase, even though that is a big investment and even though it is a lot of money. And if we're just looking at the price, then that kind of freaks me out. But then when I can compare it to the value, mm-hmm. then I'm going to go with the more expensive option because I'm getting more. So like you want your customers, by the time they make it to you, you want them to be completely sold to where they're just like, mm-hmm. yo, Seth, saw your ad, want to book you. So your yeah. prices should be listed somewhere on your website. You should be super transparent. That way you don't have to deal with all that back and forth that mm-hmm. comes from those social media ads. Yeah. They're already educated by the time they make it. And I had a thought about something. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious about your thought on it as well. Seth, what did you say the uh, age range was for your ad? Like 22 to 40. I was... I'm glad you just mentioned that because while I was saying it, I feel like I people are getting married younger now, right? Well, not so not so young. You get what I'm saying though. Like, I did a wedding last year; they were younger than me. I was what twenty two. They were like maybe nineteen, something like that. Like, wow. Like, well, my thought was. <laughs> on expanding your age range to a little bit more of the older crowd because in my mind i'm thinking that you know sometimes it's the bride that you know books a photographer and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then sometimes it may be like the mother-in-law or the yeah. mother of the bride that's like hey my daughter's looking for somebody i told mm-hmm. her about you mm-hmm. do you I, think that so like that, that, would that open is up true a lot of times yes. more I think that you should actually have several different audiences. I don't think that you should be marketing to one audience. I think that you should have what you've got going on, add a little bit of of stuff to it. You should be going for an upper end range because then you're going to not only be hitting those people that you just mentioned, but you should be able to run an ad for, you know, 30 to 50 year old women with families who are interested in, you know, all these different things so that you can do just like an afternoon of family pictures. Because like mm-hmm. what do you charge for that? Um, I think like one fifty for an hour. Okay. Just like yeah. for a so like seat. would you rather make one fifty in an hour, three times in an afternoon and you get to go <laughs> hang out afterwards? Or mm-hmm. would you rather commit your whole entire weekend to a wedding? <laughs> And on top of that, so, older women get married too. Yeah, that's true. You said what? I said older, older women, women get, get married, married too, too. So, or renew their vows. I, I I like I like what you did just then. Mm-hmm. I think where I'm at on it is like one the pay with weddings. I love it. Plus the payoff itself, like the reaction that the families give. Okay. Like, I like the payoff and the pay a little bit more than like I guess that is one fifty in an hour, but like. I'm making anywhere from like fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred for like a whole day. That's a good. I, Why can't you do both? I could. So I think that's something else that, and we're kind of getting off of market in here. I think, <laughs> but um, I think that when somebody starts off in business, you need to figure out how to widen the people who are doing business with you. Mm-hmm. So like instead of just focusing like strictly on weddings, you're relying on people to get married, mm-hmm. right? And like honestly, in this day and age, less people are getting married because, you know, 
culture. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and they're getting married later. So you got to look at that. But like, do you just want to be a wedding photographer or do you want to be able to cater to everybody? Like high school graduation pictures, mm-hmm. senior pictures, family pictures, mm-hmm. dog pictures. Like <laughs> all of these things are ways that you can make a quick buck in between these big functions that you're doing. I see. I never thought about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I like... I like doing family pictures, couple pictures, engagement sessions. You know, I I took Paula's family pictures. Um, mm-hmm. They're best engagement pictures, and they look really good. I haven't marketed them, though. And I'm pretty sure if I did, you know, that's another source of revenue. Mm-hmm. And then, so, yeah. yeah. So I guess my marketing is mainly focused on weddings, though. Yeah, I'm, I probably need to get out of that. Spread it up. Just, yeah, not just get add out to of it. it. Just expand. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do think, you know, what you were saying does fall into the category of, you know, like a business strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, has there been a business set, uh, strategy that you've seen that kind of like stuck with you? Like my mind immediately goes to like commercials and stuff. But okay. have you seen like a business strategy that like resonated with you or or you saw it and it made you think I want to buy that product or I want to, you know, become a part of that? TikTok. <laughs> TikTok for me. It's TikTok, Instagram Reels, any short content where somebody is literally just like taking their finger and swiping for an hour <laughs> back to back looking at this mm. wide variety of, of videos. Um, being able to put that video content slapped out in the middle of it with something that catches your eye and is interesting. I have bought so much stupid <laughs> off of seeing an ad on TikTok or Instagram or like not even just an ad, but just like paying a influencer to use your product mm-hmm. and put it. I have so much stuff that I've literally just given away to Goodwill because I'm like, oh, God, why do I even need this? You know what I mean? So that 1,000%, if you have a good product or service, um, being able to get in to get in front of people consistently on social media, yes. Yes, yes. So it's it's like what we talked about um, when we were talking about social media, you know, short form content, people's attention spans are short. Like, there's so many restaurants that I want to try just because I've seen it on, like, TikTok. Yes. Or, like, you know, y'all know, Robert, you might know Keith Lee. You might know Keith Lee, too. You know who Keith Lee I know Lee that is? name. Keith Lee. Okay, so he's, like, a, he tests out food, right? And then, you know, he reacts to the food or whatever. I, anyways, so there's a lot of restaurants that have, like, just gotten a bunch of, like, traction just because he went there and tried their food mm-hmm. and that's like a type of marketing you know through tiktok through a through an influencer yes so i'm with you on the the tiktok ads though because i caught myself about to buy something <laughs> stupid not too long ago yeah. i keep coming across these ads and they advertise like the dumbest things, but they make it seem like, you know, this is missing out of your life. You, you need this. Have yeah. It. <laughs> I almost bought a cup holder for my car. And the way they advertised it was it was this girl that got in her car and like she couldn't find anywhere to put like her tumbler. So she tried to drive with it sitting on the dash. Okay. And it just kept spilling everywhere. Right. And I don't know why that, is that caught a problem my t- that you have. No. <laughs> no, I have four couple 
six, eight cup holders in my car. I don't need any more. <laughs> you want to know what it was for me, Robert? What's that? Amazon. Amazon got me. I'm not sure how we ended up here, but there was a top that you put on top of a five gallon bucket and it had this little like trap door right and you put peanut butter on the trap i've seen that and it has a ramp that goes down to the ground so you have to buy a bucket on top of this right <laughs> this is just the top and the ramp but it's a mouse trap right so you put the little peanut butter up there the mouse goes in boom he goes in the trap door and then you can go relocate the mouse i have not seen a mouse <laughs> And I don't even know how long, 10 years or more, right? But my initial thought when I saw this was like, this is so cool. I have to have it. I'm going to set it out in the middle of our field. You and I'm going to catch when, mice. You never and know when a mouse is going to come up. And the thing that stopped me was like, I didn't want there to be a snake in there when I went to open it up. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, if there's a big bucket of mice, there's going to be a snake <laughs> to follow it. Why did I feel the need to do that? It's marketing. I, I've seen that before. And I thought that was cool, but then I'm like, someone's going to have to dump this bucket out, and I don't <laughs> want to have to deal with this live mouse in there. Yeah. But has there been like a commercial or something that stuck with you? Like I have one in my mind that for some reason is like permanently etched in my brain. Mm. <laughs> I saw it. Is it a Super Bowl commercial? It is a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> okay. It's a Pepsi commercial from, I think it might have been before Seth was born. Good mm. Lord. Oh, I think okay. it was like um, 99 or 2000. Oh, wow. Okay. It was a Britney Spears commercial. Okay. And like in it. We know why that one well, stuck. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, you know, Pepsi, part of their branding is like always geared towards like the younger generation. Yes. And at the time, their slogan was, um, you're in the Pepsi generation. That's okay. what it was. <laughs> And like in the commercial, it started out with like her singing like the 50s and then it switched to the 60s and 70s and went throughout all these decades. OK. And the song just like stuck in my head and it has become like one of my favorite commercials ever. I, I don't know why. OK. <laughs> it just has. But has there been a commercial that just kind of got stuck in your head like the doggone head on commercials? <laughs> Honestly, not one that I can think of right off the top of my head. Um, I've had DVR for a long time, so <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I can't think of any commercial that's really stuck. And I also think that because, you know, I watch streaming and I watch you know, my phone a lot. I think just because everything is such like short form content where mm -hmm. you're just constantly consuming stuff, it all starts to run together for me. It's like an an instant, ooh, that's nice, and then I'm onto something else. Mm -hmm. Seth, what about you? What's what's been like one of your favorite commercials? So, as someone that like wants to work in like the film industry, eventually, I feel like I should know a commercial, but like. <laughs> It's like Chrissy said, you know, stuff like using streaming services. You don't really see that many commercials now. Like, um, I just looked up best commercials of all time, and I might <laughs> have one. What's that? The um Eminem commercial with Santa, where they're like, he does exist. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. Like they do exist, <laughs> and they all like trip out. Okay, that one kind of stuck. I I read it, and I was like, oh, I've seen that one. <laughs> I remember back in the day. Um, not back in the day. A couple of years ago, um, the State Farm commercials where where he was like, "You oh, you almost had it," you know. 
You gotta be quicker than that. Yeah, you gotta be quicker than that. That goes back to a couple weeks ago when we were talking about social media starting like a trend because that became such a big meme. Like, like, can you hear me now from Verizon? Oh, God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, that's the best marketing when you can like imprint your brand into mm-hmm. somebody's brain to where they're like referencing it and spreading the word for you mm-hmm. like or jake from state farm yes uh-huh. um there we go look at you <laughs> that at&t lady you know she has commercials with like lebron now stuff like that the um, progressive lady yeah that's what i was about to say flow. like <laughs> like the at&t lady is cool but the but flow from progressive is the one or the geico gecko like companies were <laughs> making these awesome commercials what else is uh, there's a so i can't pick like a single commercial that like sticks out the most but like they putting themselves out there so much yeah. i can think of a few you know yeah. um one of my favorites is the skittles commercial with the yodeling rabbit <laughs> i don't guess i've seen that one. it this what's guy that, had that a yodeling before? rabbit and he traded it for a bag of Skittles okay. and like the yet the rabbit would not stop yodeling like legit all night the worst yodeling you could hear okay. and then he regretted his his option because he went back to the house where the rabbit came from and saw the dude sitting like in his living room enjoying the Skittles while he was just stuck with this screaming rabbit all night um, it's a lot funnier than I just described it yeah. but <laughs> yeah I made that sound real dry yeah okay yeah, like we should, we should. I don't feel like we have a reason to have an ad, but we should make an ad, like just for the fun of it. I mean, everybody has a reason to make an ad, though. You just gotta get it in front of the right people. Like True. we, exactly. us, like buying a Super Bowl slot, probably not yeah. gonna be that effective. You know what I mean? Even though our clients are probably watching the Super Bowl, the cost of that slot is far going to outweigh the result. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's one thing in marketing that you really have to figure out what it is you're getting from that marketing. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be able to measure it. So for us, a billboard would not make (laughs) sense. Like you can't measure how many people that billboard is is getting you. Mm -hmm. Um, On top of the fact that our clients are nationwide. So having a billboard in Valdosta, um, would probably be a waste of money. <laughs> um, so you have to kind of say like, what is my client? What does my client look like? Where are they at? What are they doing? And then start off small. So like if you start running a Facebook ad, um, to begin with, you're not going to necessarily get um, a result from it just because you're just getting started. You want to give yourself at least a couple months without stopping. Mm. So you want to have a couple months of, of budget set aside, whatever that budget may be. And you can literally like pay 500 bucks or something over the course of the three months. It doesn't have to be something huge. Um, but work on narrowing down your target audience to where you find something that hits. So Mm -hmm. don't try to run that same target audience the whole time. Like maybe break it up into a couple Mm -hmm. different ads to a couple different audiences and see which one works the best. And then, you know, take that and break it off into a couple and and play with it. Um, But then like as you find something that is effective, you want to double down on it. And this is where a lot of people mess up. They look at that um, amount that they spent to get that customer as an expense instead of an investment. So if I'm looking at something as an expense, that means it's costing me money. Mm -hmm. 
If I look at something as an investment, I am spending money to make money. Mm -hmm. So whatever I make in return should outweigh what I spend. So if I spend $500 and I get three customers out of that and those three customers make me $1,500, I've 3X'd my marketing mm -hmm. budget. Um, don't stop that. Like, first off, it's a numbers game. If $500 gets me $1,500, $1,000 will get me $3,000, and $2,000 will get me $6,000. So I'm going to double down on what's working. But I'm never going to double down on something that is not effective. So that's kind of the key with marketing. You want to figure out what is effective, and you want to duplicate it. So... <clears throat> I was kind of hesitant about adding, asking this question because mm -hmm. I didn't want it to go like into left field or anything like that. We'll keep it in but, right field. <laughs> do you believe that like cultural differences can play a factor in like the marketing messages or strategies? 1000%. Yes. People want to do business with people that they can relate to mm -hmm. and people that they trust and people that they have some sort of relationship with or companies that they have some sort of relationship with. Um, I feel like if you are out here offending people with your message, then you're going to limit who you can do business with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as a company, I have my own personal beliefs, but I'm not going to go out here like making content from the business that has to do with my political views because mm -hmm. that chops off half of the people that want to do business with me. They're, they're going to disagree with me right off the rip and then they're going to go somewhere else mm -hmm. to somebody that they can't agree with. So you want to make sure that, you know, you keep things like religion and po politics and obviously racial stuff and like, you know, whatever, all the protected classes, <laughs> Avoid that, you know, because I mean? it's irrelevant to business. You, in business, you have a service or a product. You want to get that out there into the marketplace because it benefits people. Their views, your views, it doesn't matter. So yes, you want to make sure. Um, you know, I wouldn't go try to market. Um, I don't know solar panels to a place that it's dark more than. 20 hours a day you know what I mean like you want to make sure wherever somebody is located and what the general idea is in that area you want to make sure you're going along with that not against it and see like when I saw that question like of course you know my first thought went to like you know ethnic like cultural mm -hmm. differences and stuff like that but then I was also reminded of like income cultures yes and the fact that like for example lamborghini is not marketing to me no. because i'm not about to buy a lamborghini anytime no soon that's why they don't make commercials exactly like <laughs> it was years before <laughs> i had ever seen not watching tv <laughs> like i've never seen a bentley commercial yeah. or a rolls royce commercial or anything like that i've just now started to see mercedes commercials mm -hmm. but uh that's where my mind went. Like, we just have to keep in mind who we are, who you are marketing to. Yes. Like, if I want the more upper echelon people to buy my product, I'm not going to just market it to the whole world. Right. Like, I'm going to market it to the folks that the target is for, if that makes sense. Yes. I feel like I worded that in such a weird way. Yeah. But... uh 
when I saw it, also my mind went to McDonald's. It was a McDonald's commercial some years ago. Okay. And what they did was, I think it's important that if you do decide to, you know, market towards specific, you know, ethnic groups and things like that, mm-hmm. it is important that, you know, stereotypes don't go into play. Right. Because that is a very, uh, that's a very quick way to offend some people. But McDonald's did something that I thought was kind of interesting. Okay. They had a commercial that was going. And, of course, you know, they put it on certain networks and certain stations and stuff like that. They basically, like, put out a music video. And it was like an R&B video. Okay. <laughs> and you know what commercial I'm talking about, Seth? I, I, I feel like I do, but I... If it go, if finish, finish it, and I'll tell you if I do. No, I was just saying, like, it was interesting because they did it in a way where it wasn't offensive. Okay. And, like, it did cater to the, oh, it's like in the African-American community because that stupid song is stuck in my head. Because he was, this this guy singing to his girl about chicken nuggets because she went to McDonald's without him. Okay. And I just thought that they handled that one pretty well. Yeah. Like, it catered to, it, it reached the market that it needed to reach, but it didn't fulfill stereotypes right. or anything like that. I'm glad you just brought up McDonald's, right? Because this goes back to what we were talking about with short form content and like TikTok and stuff. So you remember Burger King, they had the um, the Spider-Verse burger, burger right? Mm-hmm. It had the red patty, you know, people were eating it. They'd make a TikTok. I had like it, like, you know... Like it did something to them, cause who who eats a burger with a red patty? So, you no, know, McDonald's had characters back before I was born, probably a little bit after I was born. You no, know, they got Ronald McDonald. They had his friends Grimace. Grimace. They got the Grimace milkshake. I get on TikTok yesterday, right? And these people that I follow, they'll like stand out in the middle of somewhere and um have a like paper on their chest that says do so and so and get like a hundred dollars or get a iPhone or something like that. Um so they had one that was like bring us a grimace shape, you'll get a hundred dollars. Someone goes and gets them a grimace shape, brings it back to them, they get on the money, but then it like cuts to like, you know, terror on the ground, everything's on I've fire. Seen those. I've so seen those. I was like, what is a grimace shape? So I look it up. It's a it's a milkshake from McDonald's. It's purple. Everyone's doing the the trend similar to the Burger King burger. You know, it's like a unintentional trend that they started, and now people are just gonna go buy the milkshake just to make these videos, and might not even finish the drink because they're using it in the video to like spill it everywhere and stuff like that. So, do you feel like that was really unintentional then? I feel like that's not what they expected to happen with it. But at the same time, maybe they did. Maybe it was intentional. Yeah. Um. <laughs> when you said Burger King, I thought you were, got, you were about to mention the commercial Burger King got in trouble for a few years ago. No, I was, I was talking about the little trend on TikTok <laughs> oh, cause that I saw a, yesterday. A few years ago, Burger King did the opposite of what McDonald's did. And they had... <laughs> <laughs> they had Mary J. Blige singing about chicken in their restaurant. 
But I'm not gonna lie, that song it was like this it's it's about a half that song on my phone. But yeah, that they, they took that and it, it went the wrong way. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's where I just thought where I thought that's where you were going. I was my mom I my mind just got on to like you brought up McDonald's and I was like, Oh, McDonald's they're kinda trending right now on TikTok marketing, you know. The Grimace shake. I kinda wanna go try one. But you know. So it's basically it was like Burger King put red food coloring in their food and McDonald's was, McDonald's was like, I'm gonna match you and put purple in there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like so, all the unhealthy dyes. Yeah. Let's make pretty That's patties already. like on SpongeBob. That's low key what Burger King did. They made pretty patties. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of things that don't work or things that go wrong, what are some strategies that you have seen that was not the greatest of ideas? Okay. Yeah, I get these all the time. Um, random, irrelevant emails. <laughs> so when you are sending out and we we send out blast emails okay to our target audience who are all dealerships who all you know work at in in a decision making role so some of those people aren't expecting that email but it's relevant to them mm. so these companies that go out and i don't know if they buy lists or maybe they just like you know, you put your information in for one thing and then here they are making a list for another. I don't know how they get the email. I don't know if maybe they just search like car dealerships and here we are popping up in that mix and they're like, oh, this is a car dealer without doing their research. But I literally get emails probably twice a day from just random dealership related services. So, like, they want me to up, update our security system to keep cars from being stolen or, you know, buy parts from them. So, it's like, if you are going to use email or phone calls or, you know, direct message or text messages, don't just buy a random list. Like, make make your own list. Do the legwork. Get the list narrowed down. So, like, when we send out a blast email of any sort, we're making money off of it because that those people are our target audience. But if we were to go send an email of the same sort to like, I don't know, hairdressers, it, obviously it wouldn't benefit us. So don't turn people off by going to the wrong people. Cause like, okay, those people that are messaging me, if they were like, hey, we see that you're in the car industry and you work with dealerships, let's partner and you can help us and we can help you mm. by sending our clients to you and your clients to us. That would be an effective strategy. But trying to sell me your service, I'm, I would never do business with somebody like that, even if they did want to collab, because you've already set the tone for our relationship. Didn't you say that there was one time you were uh, you were riding in a car and you had someone kind of cold call you? And like their strategy on the phone call didn't quite work because they were trying to like they they ask you like how your day was going or something like that. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. For everybody out there who (laughs) makes phone calls and I feel like cold calls are extremely ineffective. I feel like all calls should be warm calls. I feel like the person who whose day you're interrupting should have heard about you or from you before in some fashion. Um, 
a an actual cold call where you are literally calling a random person from a random list and they have no idea that the call is coming and you're just interrupting their day. Do not start that conversation <laughs> off with how are you? Like, get out of here. What a terrible way to start up on call. I know that you don't care mm-hmm. how I'm doing. Maybe I'm having a bad day. And now you just reminded me that I'm having a bad day, right? Or maybe I'm thinking to myself, like, I'd be better if you weren't calling me, which is probably going to come out of my mouth, right? Because you're a random person. I have no connection to you. I can be rude to you because I don't care about you. Um, so, yeah, if you're if you're calling people, warm the call up, set an appointment if you need to, make sure whoever you're calling, you you got to catch their, their attention and, like, Four seconds. Mm-hmm. Like if you haven't caught their attention in four seconds, they're going to get off the phone with you. Um, all of our new reps that start off in our business at this point, we're established. Like dealers kind of know who we are. Um, so I wouldn't even say that they're having a cold call at this point. But even if we call it cold calling because they've never called those people before, um, I think that the the way that we we kind of go about it is like don't ask them how they're doing don't ask them what's up don't ask them how the weather is like none of that stuff is relevant you start the conversation off by introducing yourself and what you're there to do like hey my name is chrissy i'm with advanced auto transfers i'm gonna move your thing today i'm gonna sell you this today like set your intention and if that doesn't catch their attention then you're gonna politely get off the phone instead of being told to f off do you think that still applies even if you have like somewhat of a, I don't want to say a relationship with the person on the phone, but like there's a little bit of history there, yes. like you've worked with them before? Yes. I know that anybody I do business with, they don't care about me personally. They just don't. Like we didn't start. That's not why we even talk to each other. Mm-hmm. We would not be talking to each other if money wasn't being transacted. Like if I couldn't provide that service to that person anymore, unless there's something weird going on behind the scenes, like they're not going to call me. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I, I just, as a general rule of thumb, even, you know, clients that I've had relationships with for over a decade at this point, we're not, we don't care about the weather in each other's state. We're not there. You know, we don't, I'm not going to be like, how are you? Cause what you don't care. They don't care to tell you. It's like you're not friends, you're business get associates. To the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get to the point. Yeah, for the record, I care about everybody here. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. So corporate identity is, of course, important for business and as an entrepreneur. So what advice do you have for someone or a brand that's looking to improve or like redefine their identity? Yeah, I think that in this day and age... Um, there are a million ways for people to look you up. And like I said to Seth earlier, you want your client to be well-educated on who you are and what you do long before you ever have that initial interaction. So I think it's important for you to have a website first and foremost. Any company who does not have a website at this point in the world should just close down. Because that's where you're headed anyway. So if people can't look you up, you shouldn't. So you should have a, a, a logo. Everything should look nice and like aesthetic. 
you should definitely have social media. Even if you're not super active on it, you should at least have something going on once a week. Because mm -hmm. if I go to somebody's Facebook page and they haven't posted since March of 2021, I'll be like, oh, they're not, you know. I'm going to assume they're, they're out of business. Here. Yeah. Like, even if they are at the business, they're not focused on getting new clients, which is going to make me go somewhere else. Um, so you want to make sure that you have, like, you're everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what I, I guess I'm trying to say. You want to be everywhere. You want to be on the Internet. You want to be on social media. You want to be, um, you know, active in the community. You want to have all these things going on so that, you don't have to explain to people why they should do business with you. They can just go find out that information themselves. I think that would make like a good episode because with corporate identity, I believe that even the minute details yes. matter, like the color of your logo, the yes. shape and like everything that you do yes. with that matters. Yeah. So I think that would be a good episode. And your follow-up, like you should, if a customer reaches out to you, you shouldn't just be out here saying whatever you should like what you say to the customer and how you interact with them should align with your corporate identity and what you have going on elsewhere. So yes, I love that. Let's do a whole episode just on that. So Seth, what's been your takeaway from this week's episode? So my takeaway is when, you know, we were talking about, you know, how it's running ads on Facebook. You know, I don't have to run an ad from one specific area. Like I can make multiple different ads for that one i don't know how to explain it you get what i'm saying diversify Divi diversify <laughs> <laughs> that's the word i had in my head but I, I was like but diversify the way i run ads don't just run ads for wedding you know i can do it for like engagement pictures graduation pictures other stuff like that when i run ads for weddings i can diversify how i run that ad it doesn't just have to be women in Georgia from ages 22 to 40, it can be, you know, a different group of people. Mm -hmm. I think that's similar to my takeaway. When it comes to marketing and putting your business out there, know who you're talking to. Like, know the, the, the group that you are aiming for, because if you aim for everybody, you'll hit anybody. Right. And you don't want to hit just anybody. Yeah. So, like, Chrissy, we'll see your final thought from this episode. That sounds like a quote from Jerry Springer. What's your final thought? Final thought. Uh, I just think that everybody who is, is in business, you have to figure out who your target audience is. Not your Facebook target audience, but who are you actually trying to sell to and work backwards? Figure out who that person is, what do they do, and then where are they at? What are they doing? Like, what where are they at during certain times of the day and what media are they consuming so that you can be in those places. Um, and then also, and I want to just stress this again, if what you're doing is working, don't stop doing it. Keep putting the money in. Do not look at marketing as an expense unless it's actually an expense. So if you're putting money into something that is not benefiting you and your business, meaning that you're not making money from it, stop doing that. But if it is, if you are generating revenue at a higher rate than you are spending it on marketing, double down on it. Don't stop it. Because I think that... Um, you know, when you when you figure out how to market effectively, 
you can grow exponentially over time. And that I think a lot of people confuse at this point, especially with social media. Everybody wants to market themselves, but marketing is no good unless you're generating revenue from it. So the end game is always to make money off of whatever it is that you're doing. So while marketing is important, the rest of it needs to be in place so that you can keep marketing. And speaking of good marketing, visit us at autotransfers.com to see exactly what we can do for you and your dealership over here at AAT. And visit us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. We are on all those platforms. Just simply search Advanced Auto Transfers and visit us on YouTube at AAT TV. Thank you guys so much for watching. Watching. Wow. Thank you guys so much for listening. (laughs) And... We will catch you next week. I'm Robert Carton Jr. I'm Chrissy Branson. And I'm Seth Sheely. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit.